my biggest fear in property management is when a landlord says, oh, my tenant's moving out, they've been there five years, they've been amazing, I've not heard a peep out of them. There was nine million pounds of fines so far this year, and that was just in the London, London area. Landlords have busy lifestyles as well. They'll just probably forget about it until it's like really end or close to the time of getting it done. And then it's like panic mode. So the landlord turned around when I mentioned it to them and he said, well, don't worry about it. I know about that. They're going to replace the carpet before they move out. What happens if they don't? Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Investors Corner. This week, we've got a special guest on the podcast and we're going to be talking all things property management with senior property manager, Pooja. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Hi, everyone. Good, good, good. So, Andy, you've been in the game for a long time. Property management is one of those things which I think when people, when landlords in particular start talking about getting a property let, they underestimate the importance of picking an agent based on the property management rather than their marketing skills to find a tenant and probably more relevant than ever now. Mm. So what would you say is your kind of top two big takeaways that landlords and investors should be thinking about when it comes to property management themselves? And then we'll get on to the agent with Pooja. Yeah, I think we've moved on from the time of when lettings was you get a gas safety certificate, you get a contract and you move the move the tenant in. Now those days are long gone. Now we're talking about over a, you know, 170 pieces of legislation for, for, for in the lettings in the letting property industry. Do you so, think we could name all of them between us around the uh, not a hundred. So, uh, you're putting me on the spot here. The main ones, <laughs> confidence here, coming over there yeah. Pugin, yeah. Um, I'll leave that to Pugin. Um, but yeah, so look, anything that you don't do letting a property that is not in line with the current legislation, you could be liable for a penalty, for a fine, even talking about imprisonment on, on some of them. So, you know, it's in, it's really key to understand what you need to do as a landlord or an investor on the sort of legalities of, of letting that property out. So that's why sort of gone are the days of being able to, to manage it yourself. Now it's basically like a full-time role, let it, letting yeah. a property and looking after it. You know, tenants are becoming more demanding because they're paying a higher, higher rent and that's yeah. their home. Um, so any maintenance issues or anything like that, they're gonna be straight on the phone. So you're gonna have landlords, investors disrupted by by that and they've got busy lives themselves so they might might potentially not have time to to deal with those issues so really with with property management being able to pass a property onto a, a professional that deals with it day in day out for a, you know a, a slight cost it's not a massive cost to get your property managed compared to the rent that, that you get in it is now going cost yeah but weigh that up in the fact that okay, I can pass my property on to a professional, they look after it, they take on the responsibility, they look after my investment, or I can try and do it myself, be disrupted in my day-to-day -day life, always on edge about, have I done this, have I done that? It's just not worth doing it yourself. And that's, that's why sort of when I speak to clients, it's reminding them of their responsibilities, giving them the advice out there, and making sure that if it's something that they want to do by managing themselves, they understand the risks of that. Um, and they understand what we can do as a property professional in helping with their with their investment. 
Um, you know, we I've read something the other day where nine there was nine million pounds of fines so far this year, and that was just in the London London area. And that could be to do with anything with licensing or you know properties not up to standard, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we're we're talking councils, you know, and, and people are, are on the case with landlords. Tenants are becoming more clued up of what the responsibilities are of a landlord. Um, that, so they, that, that report, in fact, was the highest on record in a calendar year. Yeah. And we were only six months six away months through in. 2023. Yeah. So with that in mind, you know, with landlords being fined all over the place and letting agents as well, yeah. what would you say are the kind of the, the, the little mistakes that were probably made accidentally by landlords that you've seen over the last five, six years that you've been doing this career? Is there any, you don't have to name the landlords, that, that <laughs> GDPR and all that. But yeah, what would be kind of the top mistakes that you often see landlords do? It could be accidental, it could be on purpose, I don't know. But what's I think your the mains ones are like with legislation, especially with like gas, EICRs now, is that maybe landlords are not renewing them in time. Um, some landlords like to use their own contractors and it's just relaying that we need to get it done ASAP before the current one expires. Whereas if I'm managing the property, you know, I'll speak to the tenants, I'll speak to the contractors six weeks in advance to get it booked up. So it's not like landlords don't want to get it done. Mm -hmm. But like Andy said, you know, landlords have busy lifestyles as well. They'll just probably forget about it until it's like really end or close to the time of getting it done. And then it's like panic mode, something like gas safety. You know, it's a big thing. It's not just putting the tenants at risk. It's also putting the landlord, you know, and the property at risk as well. It's yeah. not having so. a process in place. Yeah. As a yeah. one-off landlord with one or two properties, you get the gas certificate done when the tenants move in. Then once it's done, it's done. It goes in the drawer and you forget about it unless there's a process through a CRM or a reminding process. You're not going to remember 11 months later to to go yeah. back and get that done again that i think one of one of the biggest things that i saw just talking about gas safeties was complaints about gas safeties not being supplied to a tenant every 12 months because they don't have that process in place to manage it themselves like mike's just said so if you're yeah. not serving the gas safety to a tenant every 12 months like you should and you're completely forgetting about it yeah yeah something so yeah, it's, something it's you know a landlord might think that's something so small but in the world of legislation, that's something quite big. And even not supplying a gas safety certificate to a tenant, you know, the landlords can be fined just for that. It's hard though, isn't it? Especially with contractors at the moment. I'm interested to know how you find with with contractors. Because for example, my, uh, my boiler service has been due. I know it's not the same, it's where I live, but my boiler service has been due. So I booked it in. In fact, the, the, the tradie in this case, Harry, he sent me an email to say it was due. So we said, yes, we'll agree it for said date. Then he had to move it because he was busy. And then we had to move it for whatever family reason. So it's actually taken probably two months longer than it should have. It is done now. But sometimes it's really hard with the with the tradies because they're so busy as well. Is there a lot of value in being a property manager for a landlord and almost you're a bit of a concierge service to that? trade element of things because they're not the easiest people to get booked in these days aren't no, they? no they're really busy themselves as well um but yeah because we have that good relationship with them we know you know through the system what's due whether that's a gas you know safety certificate that needs to be done an eicr we can just have those conversations with those contractors get it booked in advance we've got a date set with the tenant with the contractor and we're good to go 
Yeah, you're the only one who's got that true kind of in control of all communication. Yeah, you can speak to everyone. the middle person, speaking to the landlord, the tenant, contractor, just getting it all booked in. Who are the worst tradies to get hold of? Um, probably gas engineers because they're so busy. Yeah. <laughs> and is it? I think what we've got to remember as well, yeah. for them, it's a small job. Yep. They're going to get like, what, 60 quid, 90 yeah. quid, whatever it is. They're doing bathrooms for nine grand, 12 grand. They don't exactly. really care, do they? Yeah. No, but that's why they look to, I think that's why they look to gas safety. So gas safety, you can get two months, you can get it done two months before the expiry date of the current certificate. And then when you get it done, it applies from the date of that other certificate. So you've got a two month period of time where you can yeah. get it get it done. So you've got plenty of time to to get it organized and arranged before the expiry of the new one. <laughs> but yeah, they're just the gas safety small job, it's not yeah. probably in the top of their top of their get priority. it done earlier, the gas safety like Andy just said, like two months prior, then actually effectively it's gonna expire two months earlier. But it doesn't work like that. It's called an MOT style. So it's basically like having your car MOT'd yeah. it will expire yeah. from the current certificate. That's a good tip. Um, yeah. In terms of the process, you know, we're talking gas safeties here. If you're a landlord and you're not using an agent, so what must they do? Obviously, get it done in the time scale. Serve it to the tenant. Log it. Yeah. What else have they got um, to make sure? If, if a landlord's using their own, co own contractor, for example, so they obviously need to communicate with their contractor, let us know so we can either liaise with the tenant or if they're liaising with the tenant to let them know directly. And then if it's managed, then obviously to send us a copy as soon as it's completed and then we can send it on to the tenant. However, if the landlord's managing the property themselves, then they must, yeah, send it to the tenant. And there's a horrendous loophole within gas safety certificates, which you discovered in a previous life, Andy, mm. around how they're written up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so with, with gas safety certificates, um, what we... What we were doing before, the, not we, what other agents were doing before, was that they would get a gas safety certificate from an engineer. Now, engineers want to fill it out as quickly as possible because it's a small job. They just want to get, get it off their, their desk. So what they were doing on the address section was just saying to client and not filling in the full address. and it might, might not have been provided with the full details yeah. by the agent, so they were just writing landlord. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when I sort of followed that up with... Um, um, HSC, police all, all of this sort of stuff, is that they said that that is not a valid gas safety certificate because the full details aren't in there. Mm. So if you provide that certificate to a tenant, it just says to landlord and it's got no sort of client details, full address, et cetera, et cetera, then that is classed as an invalid gas safety. So that was one of the things that came to light. You don't really think about it. No, you just think, oh, okay, great. I've got a pass gas safety certificate. Yeah. I'll just give that to the yeah. tenant. I'm done. All you can hear rustling in the background now, people going through the drawers yeah. to see what's <laughs> written on it. Can't yeah. So That's another common mistake is, yeah, checking a gas safety certificate as well, making sure everything's on there. You yeah. know, we need the landlord's address. You need the property address. You need the engineer's address or their details. You need to make sure that they're actually gas safe registered. And you're not just using anyone off the street, basically. Yeah, I did have one once actually on my buy to let that the address was written was my home address, not the actual buy to let address. And I obviously picked up on it. Yeah. But not a lot of people no. may have picked no. up on it because no. it's, it's almost looked like it was for my home. It wasn't. Yeah. It was done on it was done on the buy to let. Yeah, the amount of gas safeties that I've had sent to me from clients where they're not right, and I've had to go back and say. Not right. And it's not a problem unless it becomes a problem. When yeah, it becomes yeah. a problem, it's a big problem, yeah. right? So you've yeah, just yeah, got yeah. to get it right from the beginning, admin. Yeah. 
what about tenants you know in terms of tenants these days you know some are amazing and you you know you just it's simple they understand and it goes through some hard work but what are the big kind of mistakes that tenants often make when it comes to property management so is it is it a case that they they don't understand the process are they just hard work are they picking up on things that are not relevant What's normally the biggest headache for you with tenants? Uh, I think sometimes it's just reminding them of their responsibilities. So sometimes I have tenants going, well, like Bob's not working, it needs changing. Can you get an engineer out? No, sorry, that actually comes down to your responsibility. So it's just educating them, mm. reliterating what's on their tenancy agreement. Um, so light, light bulbs are definitely tenants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many please estate check, agents? Please check your take? light bulbs. Yeah, that is down tenants' responsibility. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. What other little ones like that, little wins have we got around the table? You know, light bulbs. I always wondered about, so garden maintenance, you know, I was always interested. In my early days as an estate agent, I, I always found, well, the tenant must cut the lawn, but if the if the landlord doesn't supply a lawnmower, then they weren't able to cut the lawn. So it wasn't their responsibility, was, was what I was told, you know, sort of way gone back. So what a little kind of responsibilities of tenants got that maybe they don't think is as like the light bulb. Yeah, so light bulb's definitely one of them. <laughs> Garden maintenance, yes, definitely their responsibility. Um, is it just... still that the landlord has to supply the lawnmower? Um, within, the, within the tenancy agreement, it says that it's the tenant's responsibility. There is no mention in a tenancy agreement to say that they need to be yeah. supplied the tools. So if you're taking, this is the way that I've always done it, is that if you're moving into a property and the and the garden's been manscaped, it's all been nice, it's all being cleaned up, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the tenant needs to put it back in the same condition that they first took it. Now, yeah. whether throughout the tenancy, they mow the lawn or do the plants or, or whatever. Well, when they come to the end of their tenancy, as long as they do it then, that's fine because what what are you going to do if a tenant doesn't maintain a garden? Not really much that you can. That you well, can I don't. Do. That, that's why I asked the question because well, let's if, look at it from from the other side of things. That the garden's on the inventory, right? yeah, just like yeah, any other room of yeah. the house. So if you move into a house and you haven't got a Hoover, well, you're not. You can't blame the landlord when you don't Hoover your carpets because yeah. yeah. you weren't provided with a Hoover if a property's furnished or unfurnished. The garden is part of the property, mm. just like the living room is part of the property you're expected to maintain that yeah, on a day-to-day -day basis, yeah. which includes consumables like light bulbs, which includes, yeah. which includes the basic maintenance and keeping of the property so it doesn't run into disrepair. Because if you don't keep a garden for two, three, four years, Ian knows all about how much it costs <laughs> to get a gardener in. A lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> to put that right, and that will be, that will be charged back. So yeah. if you're left with a nice garden and you leave it knee high, yeah. a gardener's going to charge you an absolute fortune to rip it all up, rip it all out and and rebed everything. Yeah. yeah, just think that you to to re-turf a garden. You know, if you've got dogs and the dogs go out and you know make a mess on it and then it kills the grass, or you know we have the heat wave and the grass gets killed, you just don't maintain and look after it. You don't have enough in your security deposit to pay for re-turfing. No, no. Nope. So that, that comes down to. Again, from a landlord's point of view, listening and property management is ensuring you've got regular visits, but yeah, yep. you know, for sort of midterm inspections mm -hmm. that you take, you know, a little bit of attention to detail as a landlord to ensure that the hard work you put into it is 
still not a problem at the end of a tenancy. If a tenant's been in there for three years, there's a lot that can yeah. Yeah. can go on in three years. And some people might think, well, the answer is artificial lawns. Well, even artificial lawns take a lot of maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, yeah, yeah. and I would imagine if I was a landlord and I had a property rented and I'd put an artificial lawn in and spent a good couple of grand on it, I would want to supply the right yeah. artificial lawn broom yeah. for yeah. that to be taken care of or otherwise it's my own fault as a landlord, I would think, because it's a speciality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think those are the little things that probably tenancy to tenancy, there yeah. has to be a bit of that communication, yeah. goes back to communication. All about communication and also, yeah, tenants usually treat their property like it's their own anyway. So generally it's not an issue. Um, and if I do have any issues and it's like, well, what would you do if you were, if you, if this property was yours, it's not rented out. And it's sort of an eye opener to the tenants, I think, when you sort of say it. Yeah. And I think you're right. If anything's yeah. got a unique or something that a tenant may not have ever had or seen before, they need teaching how to use it and what to do. Same goes for a water softener. Yeah. Don't just leave the house empty, leave the correct salt there and where and, and instructions where to buy it mm. where how to put it in how to check it so someone will then pick it up and use it because a water softener in a house in the southeast is a massive benefit but i don't have a water softener so if i move into a house i don't know how that water softener yeah. works it's just the educational piece yeah. isn't it and going back to the communication yeah. element is that you know if you're communicating with the tenant correctly and, and you're communicating what their responsibilities are. Although the responsibilities are in a contract, more than likely they might not have read yeah. those responsibilities or understood them. So, you know, if property came on on with us, we would liaise with with the tenant. We would, you know, talk them through that property, um, and and tell them what their responsibilities are. So we make that clear. Um, and then yeah, keep in contact. It's, it goes back to the regular visits. You know, yeah. if you're doing a visit on a property like we do. We want to meet the tenants there, speak to the tenants. Have they got any issues? Look at the property. What haven't they maintained correctly? Right. That's that's not looking maintained. So what we need to do is X, Y, and Z and just keep that line yeah, of communication. That Build that relationship yeah. up with them rather than just being a, you know, just an agent or a, or a landlord. Just a transaction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it a bit more human. When I do the property visits, when tenants report issues to me, half of the, half of the time I can just resolve it there and then. Yeah. Because it is, they just don't know how to use it or they don't know how something works. Yeah. Most of these issues don't even go back to the landlord because it's resolved. So here's the flip side of the tenant who calls you because the light bulb's blown. My biggest fear in property management is when a landlord says, oh, my tenant's moving out. They've been there five years. They've been amazing. I've not heard a peep out of them. My brain starts <laughs> really, really panicking. What, what's your thoughts on 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 that? If you've got two two angles, the tenant who calls you every single week with a tiny little nick and an issue, or the person who never ever calls you. How do you how do you look at that situation? How do you manage it? I think with that situation, it's like, is it because the tenant's a really good tenant and any maintenance that comes in, they just basically do it themselves and wouldn't hassle the agent or wouldn't hassle the landlord? Or is it because they're just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to leave it and it's not my problem. So like you said, two angles. Yeah, I'd be, I'd, yeah. I'd, be I'd probably be on the same page as you that I'd be worried yeah. if I haven't heard from them so i mean you do get good tenants yeah. right yeah so the majority are 
good tenants where any little thing they will just do. They don't want to hassle anyone because it's such a small issue. But if you were a property for five years, there is something that would have happened in that in that property where it needs sort of professional attention, really, and they couldn't do it them, themselves. Are they being quiet because they're running something out of the out of the property <laughs> and they don't, they don't want anyone to have access if they've got 10 people living there instead yeah. of two on the tenancy agreement but it comes back to the property visit thing yeah you know having that regular contact they might be amazing tenants they might be just doing minor issues yeah, fixing yeah, minor themselves. issues themselves but so what still keep that line of communication open with the tenants you know if, if you've got great tenants go and take them for a coffee then just meet up with them yeah. see yeah. what's going on you know, this is your in, your investment, isn't it? Yeah. If I had an investment and I was renting it out, I, I would be keeping in contact with those tenants and building that relationship up with them, becoming friends with them. Some landlords, you know, and tenants become really good friends for life, yeah. don't they? You know, really good long-term relationships, which is great. Yeah, as long as, you know, building up that relationship with tenants, becoming friends with them, as long as you've all got that sort of line that, actually, you're living in my property, this is my income so there's a fine line between right don't yeah. take the mick yeah you know let's uh, let's all get on then it's then it's fine i would always have that i would always be going to the property um and yeah making sure that actually I, i'm involved with it and that's where a, a, a managing agent comes into effect because they can do that for you yeah. or if you're doing it by yourself and you're not doing it then start doing it yeah 100 percent. because this is the bit that we're kind of getting on to here now there's a lot that we can do kind of prehab if you like and then you get to the moment where it's the exit, the tenant is leaving. You talk about this kind of fear factor of five years of silence. And then it's like, what rehab do we need on the property? So in terms of a, a recent example, me and Andy went to a property. Landlord was uh, looking to get the property sold. Tenant's been in there probably for about four or five years yeah. by the sounds of it. Um, tenant's trying to do the right thing. So you know the little bits of wood in between the staircase? I think, right, I'm going to whiten these up, make these look real <laughs> nice at the end of my tenancy. So they got a tin of gloss and they've done a really lovely paint job on the wood, but they've also put Wembley style white lines up the edging of all the carpet with gloss at the same time. <laughs> so the landlord turned around when I mentioned it to them and he said, well, don't worry about it. I know about that. They're going to replace the carpet before they move out. What happens if they don't? So what happens for a landlord if that doesn't happen, if they don't replace the carpet? If they don't replace it, to be fair, I think you need to look at each situation because if, for example, they've got a little bit of paint on stairs, you can't expect the tenants to replace the whole carpet on the stairs at their own cost just because they've... This is a lot of paint. This was. This was all the way up the staircase. It was like there was no edging. It was just, I'm just going to paint everything and wipe it off the carpet. If the tenant doesn't pay and have it replaced, then we would use their deposit to, you know. To pay for it. Yeah, pay for it. And I don't even know these days whether that would have been enough. You know, what if there's a clean that's needed doing? What if the oven door was broken um what if the back gate was snapped and the carpets were done you know these are all the things where i think landlords underappreciate the importance of all of these processes and having someone looking after things for you because you've mentioned it before mike having rental properties is not passive mm -hmm. is it yeah or passive action 
yeah, I, it's it's something that really really gets my goat when people try and sell buy to lets as a passive investment because it's not you're dealing with a person, you're dealing with a property, and. I've gone in and seen, like you, I've seen tenants say, yeah, we'll repaint, and they've painted straight over the sockets and yeah. switches. And you just think, well, you've done more damage by by doing that work. And there's a problem with deposits. is If a tenant refuses to replace the carpet or pay for the carpet replacement, if that carpet's over eight years old, frankly, you're not getting anything out of a yeah. tenant dispute. Yeah. Um, because it's it's not a, a full-time fixed item. It's something that will degrade over time. So you have to divide the value down. So you're probably only going to get a few quid out of the tenant ruining your carpet, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an issue within tenancies. And again, it comes back to the same old word, communication. Because if a tenant says to me, am I okay? Shall I repaint these spindles on the banister? I'm probably going to say, don't bother. Yeah, we'll get them definitely. done. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I know that tenant really, really well and they've done work in, in, in the house in the past or I know what they do for a living or anything like that. Yeah. Unless they're going to use it professionally. Yeah. So now we scared the hell out of all animals yep. um, on this investing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even got onto rates. That was last week's episode. But let's just talk about some of the, um, let's talk about some of the funniest or awkward properties or situations that we we've ever had to handle as as management and these are one-off this is not going to happen to your property every single day of the week but just what is the most random horrifying situation that you've experienced that we can talk about you know it, it will all be at a former employer you know it won't be at avocado but we don't need to name names on anything but what was what's the one horrific moment that you've uh, experienced in property management Mike, what you got? Uh, it's, it's an easy one. I turned up at a house in the middle of winter to do a viewing on an empty 1930s detached house in Wokingham. So worth an absolute fortune. If you can picture a really nice panelled front door with a letterbox at the bottom of that front door, a leak so bad from a burst pipe in the loft had happened that water was coming through the letterbox. Wow. Swimming. Yes. Swimming. Swimming. It was about six inches deep on the drive. Absolutely yeah. horrendous. And all. Be and, and again, it comes down to the same old thing. The landlord was overseas. They'd left the house empty. They'd left the heating off, uh, and they hadn't communicated that to someone to to do it. And that was the first visit I'd ever made to the property. So I'd turned up to look at it, and it was ruined. Rouser. Not not good. No. What have you got, Pooja? So Beat that. <laughs> <laughs> top trumps um so i went to do a property visit once and literally opened the door and it was a snake pit when i say snake pit every single room had snake wallpaper they had a massive snake like tank in the living room in the bedroom and it was just like wherever you went it was just snake 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 snakes mm. bedding were any of the snakes out no there were <laughs> cage size like Thankfully, but yeah, my phobia is snakes. So you can imagine I was just like, quick in, any issues? No, okay, perfect, out. Yeah, I wouldn't have been going <laughs> in. I was like, I'm never going there again. But this tenant obviously loved snakes. So everything was snake based. Did the landlord know? <laughs> they did, because obviously yeah. I had to take photos, but yeah. But they knew before they moved in. It's like, I'm moving in and on this tenancy, I'm also going to have 25 snakes coming. Yeah, well, we didn't, I didn't realise, you know, that they had that many but yeah. yeah it was a bit scary and i was like i'm never going there again 
let with pets get a little bit more money on the rent. <laughs> Andy, what about you? So I remember I've got a couple actually. Um, I every gold day, mate. No, so no, just no, give no, me the best one. So I remember when I went to a property. Um, it was a two-bedroom flat in London, um, and the tenant called up, um, and the other property managers were off at the time. So I was sort of looking after it, and the tenant called me up and said, oh, I've got a leak in the property. It's coming out. I'm, I'm stood here trying to sort of contain it, but it's not working. I need someone to come out. And I was close by to the apartment. I said, oh, just go around there. It's probably a slight leak. Went around there, helped the tenant. And suddenly we got a load of crap coming out of the toilet. Oh, no. Literally. Oh, actual flooding. Yeah. The bathroom. And sort of I was stood there. Um, yeah, sort of knee high in uh, in crap, really. Did you get your suit paid for out of the... <laughs> no, the <laughs> suit went straight into the bin. Um, so, yeah, I was about there for an hour, and then uh, luckily a plumber came out and sorted it, and I could get out of there. But, yeah, I wasn't smelling smelling the best that day. No, I can not, not fresh, not fresh. And the other one I've got is that I turned up to, uh, to a property uh, to do an inspection, and knocked on the door. It had already been agreed, the, 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 the inspection date and time. So I knocked on the door. door wasn't answered. So I had keys, let myself in. And I heard noises coming from the, from the bedrooms. And I was like, that's weird. So I just knocked on the door and opened it. Anyway, there was three girls in there, two blokes. And, uh, yeah, my eyes just sort of... <laughs> they were playing... Uh, yeah. twister Yeah, there's a lot of things going around in my head. Um, so, yeah, I said... Uh, Oh, sorry about that, and quickly uh, exited the property. So, yeah, a couple of things. It's a London thing. It's a London thing. Uh, so I, there was an agent, local to here actually, you can actually Google this and find it on the news. Uh, Torfield or Trevelyan was the road in Bracknell. I can't remember which one of them it was. It was a small four-bed detached house. It had been let, and it turns out that the police had got a tip-off. So the police had raided the property, and when they went in there, all of the downstairs um, non-load-bearing walls had been dug out massive holes bigger than the size of windows. So there was effectively a, an air vent tunnel all through the bottom of the property and every single reception room and bedroom was totally covered in cannabis. Like it was just a full-blown weed factory. Wow. And the whole house was, yeah, just totally a growing campus of all sorts of naughty stuff going on. And the house itself had literally had the wall, the walls knocked through so that there was ventilation going all the way through it as well. You can check that one out on Google. <laughs> a couple of years Look ago. Look at that. But yeah, I remember working in the market thinking, oh my goodness, like how did that tenant get through the, yeah. the vetting process? But there we go. Done some serious planning. Serious, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a pretty solid setup to be fair. Credit where it's due. Anyway, great episode um, talking about property management. I, I was, when I talked to Mike, I say, if it was more familiar, I would say it's asset management. You know, that's the way people have got to look at renting a property is asset management. You've got an asset, you've got a turnover, you've got a cost, and you need someone to look after it for you, or you need to do it full-time. So if you're working full-time, part-time, and you can't give this your full attention, pay for the convenience of having someone that mm. knows what they're doing, look after it. And that's probably the way to, to summarize and wrap up the episode that don't do it yourself because they are 
all over landlords at the moment yeah. and london shows that because as andy said nine million pounds worth of fines already issued six months into 2023 if you're doing it cowboy style they will get you yeah. and you will pay the punishment for it so if you want to know more about that you want to get in contact with us we'd like to think we know what we're talking about and we'd love to help you so Pooja, welcome to your uh, podcast debut thank you very much <laughs> cheers guys cheers. thank you what have we made the investors corner podcast in I think online at the moment, there is just way too much noise, waffle and nonsense. Everyone's got an agenda. So the goal was to make a podcast for people that want to invest money in property or other areas where there's no waffle, there's no nonsense, there's no agenda. It's opinion led, but it's an honest opinion. And it might not be the right answer, but we're going to share it. So on the podcast, we're going to supply people with access to mortgage brokers, financial advisors, planning experts, development consultants, everything around the property industry and the wider fields. Yeah, so if you're looking at investing in the future, you know that just having an income from your employer or from your business is not enough to give you the life that you want down the line. We're going to hopefully give you some of those answers that will give you the solutions you need for the future. So please hit the subscribe button. The more subscribers we get, the better guests that we can get on and the more people that we can reach. So hit subscribe.